Hello and welcome to the Live Full Podcast. My name is Joey Schwartz and this show is all about helping you pursue word and spirit for everyday life. We're continuing our series, Knowing the Charismatic God. In this episode, we're asking, when it comes to your walk with Jesus, are you more after a reputation or a relationship? That's where we're going. Let's get started. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Live Full Podcast. My name is Joey Schwartz. This is Cassidy Bonar. We are teachers, ministers with Live Full Ministries. Our aim with Live Full and everything we do is to help you pursue word and spirit for everyday life. We release videos, books, written resources online at our website, livefull.org, to help you go deep in the word and deep in the Holy Spirit. So if that is something that you resonate with, if you've been learning uh, from Liveful, if you have a heart passion to see the church grow in word and spirit, would you consider giving to Liveful Ministries? Our ministry is a nonprofit. We're fueled by the generosity support provision through brothers and sisters like you and churches like you, if you're listening. And the way you can do that is by going to livefull.org slash give. We know this is a time when a lot of people are considering where to give in ministries. And and obviously our main encouragement to you is just to give in general, to give out of a heart of generosity and sowing into the kingdom. And just ask the Lord if and if he would have you give to Live Full, it would mean a lot. And it would also help us expand into more and more resources in the years to come. We also want to remind you about a new kind of resource that we have through Live Full on our YouTube channel. We've been releasing our podcast episodes, these right here, full episodes on our YouTube channel, which you can find at livefull.org slash YouTube. But we also have uh, started to do something we call Livefull Shorts. It's like five to seven minute videos where we're covering a specific question mm-hmm. or topic, uh, something that in in the pursuit of word and spirit could use clarity mm-hmm. and insight and, and kind of biblical clarity. That's what we're seeking to do around Livefull is take concepts around the things of the spirit that often can draw out confusion and just bring really clear and concise mm-hmm. teaching around it. Liveful shorts, that's what we're trying to do on our YouTube channel. So we have a few out now. Our first video is about how demonic influence isn't just a black and white issue around, you know, someone can be either possessed by the devil or not. Um, but demonic influence is more a spectrum of influence that affects every single believer, all the way from temptation to accusation to affliction, and yes, to demonization, which is really severe demonic influence. Anyway, that's the first video we covered. We we started going deep into like spiritual realm territory of how demonic influence kind of affects us all. That was our first short. If you want to watch these videos and uh, as a means of learning, maybe sharing them with your small group church around these key questions in the mm-hmm. faith, you can go to livehold.org slash YouTube. We're continuing um, our series, Knowing the Charismatic God. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, what we've been talking about is how the God who pours out his word and wonders in this new covenant age as he, the spirit descends and empowers the apostles to preach 
God's word, to write, record God's word, and also empowers the whole church to manifest his presence in wonders. He shows himself in word and wonders. This isn't just a new covenant thing. And for us in the 21st century, in the 21st century it's certainly not something that uh, those who are pursuing the things of the spirit are just taking from like the 20th century Pentecost revival or something like that. The pursuit of word and spirit is all about who God has been always is and always will be. Mm-hmm. He is the God who both speaks and shows who he is. He's the, he's the God who reveals himself both through word and spirit. So we've been going through uh, the old Testament showing how this is God, who God is in creation. This is who God is in the law. That's what we talked about in the last episode. And in this episode, what we want to cover is how God manifests himself, shows himself to be the charismatic God during the era of the Kings. So in this episode, we're going to be covering Samuel Kings Chronicles, that era, the Mm -hmm. monarchy and showing how God reveals himself as the charismatic God in this era. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a sneak peek of where we're going. It's all going to be about how God is after those. He's seeking those who are after his heart. Mm -hmm. He's looking for those who aren't just trying to have an appearance of godliness, Mm -hmm. but those who experience the power of knowing God. Mm -hmm. So would you start us off first Samuel Mm -hmm. chapter 13 is where we're going to begin in scripture. Mm -hmm. First Samuel 13 Starting verse 13 says, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. Mm -hmm. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be a prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you. Mm-hmm. I love I love that the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, because I mean, even later on at Samuel, it says that the Lord does not see as a man sees. Yeah. The Lord does not see as a man sees. The man sees outward appearances, but God, he sees the heart. He knows the heart. Um, God sees what, what we can't fully see. He has eyes to see the heart, and that's what he prizes, because he knows the outer self wastes away, um, but the inner self, he yeah, he sees and he treasures and um, and I think we have a lot to just un- yeah. unpack in knowing the Lord. What does it mean that he is after after the heart? There's so much to cover in this era of Kings because if you've ever been in a Bible reading plan, you know, like from Samuel, especially when you get into Chronicles, it's just a long journey. It takes up a lot of the, it takes up a bulk portion of the Old Testament or the mm-hmm. Hebrew Bible. But if you, uh, so as we were, we are trying to discern, like, how do we talk about the care, knowing the charismatic God through this era and where the Lord led us to is this theme of the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. In fact, if you do just like a simple word search on heart and look how, how much God speaks of the heart, uh, from the book of Samuel through Kings and into Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And it really starts here. Mm -hmm. It starts with God, uh, his first selection for King almost conceding to Israel's evil, wicked uh, desire for a king, even even while they were under mm-hmm. the righteous judge Samuel. But he gives them Saul, who is tall, handsome, solid in appearance. And in contrast, Saul, uh, uh, Saul is contrasted with David, mm-hmm. who 
is his ma- the main thing spoken about David is that he's after God's heart. Mm-hmm. And you see this even in first, uh, first Samuel 13. So when Saul is describing why uh, he had this unlawful offering uh, and he didn't obey the Lord, he says in verse 11, listen to this. This is Saul's explanation for why he did this. He said, when I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered at, at Michmash, I think is the way you pronounce that. I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. So his first thing that he says is, the reason why I just went ahead and disobeyed God is because the people were scattering away from me. Mm-hmm. Saul has this deep concern for outer appearances. The people mm-hmm. are fleeing away from him because there's been no action, no mm-hmm. uh, decisiveness. And in order to almost take matters into his own hands and say, well, if the Lord's way isn't going to come now, if the Lord's way isn't going to come in my own timing, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and do something so that the people can see I'm a really strong leader. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is so displeased with uh, putting his own, how Saul puts his own reputation over seeking the mm-hmm. heart of God, which mm-hmm. what we're going to see as we go through the Kings is seeking God's heart is both having an obedience to God's commands Mm -hmm. and an expectation of God's wonders. Mm -hmm. And it's seeking this heart above all, no matter what. It's the highest priority to the point where I'm going to obey God's commands and I'm going to expect God's wonders, even if it makes me look foolish in Mm -hmm. my surrounding environment. So we see Mm -hmm. this with David. First, uh, when David is appointed as king, uh, or, or when he's anointed as king by Samuel before he actually becomes king, he goes up to this scene where it's David and Goliath. It's this obviously classic scene. But the main thing that uh, David draws out as he's stepping to the line before Israel, who's fearing, you almost see this uh, recurring instance of what Israel did before the borders of the promised land. When Moses and Aaron sent out the 12 spies mm-hmm. to go uh, kind of, uh, see what was on the other side and and pretty much just see what they were going to face. And if you remember, all of the spies besides Joshua and Caleb came back and said, mm-hmm. these, these people are giants. Like there's no way that we can overcome uh, these giants. And what they had done, what the Lord is so grieved about these mm-hmm. 10 spies is that they had forgotten that he was the God who split the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. He was the God who had toppled the sea over the Egyptians. He had... Uh, delivered them, Mm -hmm. given them safe passage from one of the most powerful empires in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming up to the promised land and they're afraid of these giants. We see the exact same situation happen before Goliath, this giant where Israel's facing them and everyone is just cowering back in fear. We're, We're dead men. Like we're about to get totally destroyed by these Philistines. And David comes in and he brings not only an obedience to God's word, as Mm -hmm. we're going to see later on, but here, the very first mark of David is that he has this expectation that the charismatic God, the God who's always revealed himself through word and wonders would continue to do that again. Mm -hmm. That the God who split the Red Sea, the God who led Israel through the wilderness and toppled Jericho, the God who gave him strength to overcome the lion Mm -hmm. and the bear would in that moment give him strength, manifest his power Mm -hmm. to give him victory over Goliath. So right in the very beginning, we see David 
He's not concerned about what everyone else thinks. He's not concerned about kind of assimilating into the the general consensus. In in the midst of an unbelieving mm-hmm. generation, he says, "No, I believe that the God who has always been is still that God mm-hmm. today." Mm-hmm. And I think we even see, or in in thinking about David and Saul, it wasn't that God God had given more of His heart to David than to Saul. But we but paying attention to God is given. Um, his heart to David and to Saul, but what is what is the difference between their ministries, between the mm-hmm. outcomes of um, of Saul turning from the Lord? And I love how word and spirit come together, and in the way that the Lord appoints David and Saul, His word comes to Samuel, and Samuel appoints Saul earlier in in first Samuel and the spirit is poured out onto him Mm -hmm. to where he he's prophesying and to where other people are saying, is this the same Saul? They notice Mm -hmm. a difference in him and God's word and spirit is being poured out. And God is after Saul's heart because God has given his very heart to Saul. He's not asking uh, something from Saul that he hasn't already first given to him, his heart, the Lord's heart for him, word and spirit flows from the heart the very heart of God. And he's pouring that out, but it is Saul who Saul cuts himself off from the heart of the Lord. Um, and first and first Samuel later on for Samuel 15, uh, when, when Samuel's telling Saul that he has turned away from the Lord, um, Saul then, uh, says to Samuel, I've sinned for I've for I've transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their mm. voice. Um, Saul knew, he knew the word of the Lord. Um, that's how he knew he he sinned against the Lord. He turned yeah. from the Lord's word. It wasn't that he didn't know the the word of the Lord. It wasn't that he didn't have the spirit poured out on him, but he, he cut himself off from the heart of God and he put reputation above relationship because he says he feared he feared people and and obeyed their voice over over the lord's voice um Mm. and and obeying the lord's voice is where life and and love and flourishing is 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 found um and even right before that i love um I love when Samuel says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice yeah. of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Um, and we see that the Lord, he is making, he is making himself known. And then that's the difference that we see in, in David. David is, he has a heart that is, is after the Lord. He is seeking relationship. Um, and the Lord has given both to to David and to yeah. um, and to Saul, but two very different outcomes. Yeah, something that I pull those passages you went to, Cassidy. That's so helpful. Something I pull from hearing you talk through Saul's life is that we are accountable for believing in who God is and then acting by faith in Mm -hmm. him and who he is rather than fearing our circumstances or our situation. I think because rightly, uh, rightly we see Jesus as so compassionate toward the one who doubts like Thomas. uh, And he stretches out his hand and he says to, to, to Thomas, the disciple after his resurrection, he stretches out his hand and he says, you know, feel my hand, feel my side. Mm -hmm. We rightly see Jesus compassion toward those Mm -hmm. who doubt 
I think in that uh, move, though, we can have almost a glamorization, if that's a word, of doubt. We can glamorize doubt or put doubt in mm-hmm. you know, good clothes where in, if you look at how Jesus actually looks at doubt throughout the whole Gospels, he grieves over doubt, just like God grieves over doubt in, throughout the era of the kings. Like Doubt does not bring joy to God's heart. What, what makes Jesus delighted, what makes Jesus actually marvel is the faith mm-hmm. of the centurion and the Canaanite woman, the faith of the needy. Mm-hmm. That's what brings great delight to God's heart. Mm-hmm. And Saul, he, he knew who God was. He knew God's power. The word of God uh, showed that God was the God who had delivered them out of Egypt. And the word of God demonstrated, this is, this is God, like fear him, obey him, expect him. Mm-hmm. But from the very beginning, I'm remembering that when Samuel even appoints Saul, he's hiding in the baggage. Mm-hmm. He's like hiding away from the people. Fear of man and fear of circumstance marks Saul through his whole life, mm-hmm. and he's accountable for that. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, there's a faith from David. There's a, there's a faith, and specifically a faith in the God in God as he reveals himself, which is a God who is worthy to be obeyed, but also mm-hmm. worthy to be um, anticipated expected Mm -hmm. Uh, a God who like we can truly bank on you, you who did this in Egypt, you're going to come and do it again. Mm -hmm. And we see this prioritization for, from David of I'm going to seek God's heart, even if it makes me look foolish. Whereas Saul's like, Hey, I'm seeing the people scattering and I just got to figure out something. Even if I'm not after Mm -hmm. God's heart, David does the very opposite where when the ark is brought into Jerusalem, uh, He's just as the king, like this, this king who should look dignified and should be like one of the most, uh, the, the royal, like he should be everything put together, all of his buttons, mm-hmm. like buttoned up straight. And he's just like dancing out there in front mm-hmm. of the people. And I just, I imagine him just like, this isn't like a, you know, a, like a soft kind of bounce side to side, like a cool dance. Mm-hmm. Like he is dancing so hard before the Lord that it's mm-hmm. like, what is, is this guy? Okay. And Michael, who is Saul's daughter, mm-hmm. who carried the heart of her father of having a greater concern for reputation than relationship with God. She looks at David, Saul's daughter looks at David and says, you should essentially be ashamed of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're the king and you're dancing like that in front mm-hmm. of the people. And look at what David says. He says, it was before the Lord mm-hmm. who chose me above your father and above all his house. That was definitely a dig toward Saul and his father-in-law. Um, it, was, uh, it was before the Lord who chose me to appoint me as prince over the people uh, of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. Mm -hmm. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this. And I will be abased in your eyes, but by the female servants of whom you have spoken by them, I shall be held in honor. And David, David is telling Michael, like, I'm not looking at the people around me Mm -hmm. like Saul was. Saul looked at the people scattering away from him Mm -hmm. and then he offered an unlawful sacrifice. David said, I'm not even looking at the people Mm -hmm. around me. All I know is that God is worthy to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. The ark of God is coming back into the city. God is looking at this moment with great favor and I'm just gonna celebrate Mm -hmm. before the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to be after the heart of God is even if you're in the midst of a generation that does not have faith, if you're even if you're in the midst of a culture 
or context or environment that has stopped believing in the wonders of God, you're going to say, before the Lord, I'm going to believe. Mm-hmm. Before the Lord, I'm going to obey. Before the mm-hmm. Lord, I'm going to sing loudly. Before mm-hmm. the Lord, I'm going to lift my hands. Before the Lord, I'm going to dance. Mm-hmm. Because I don't care about reputation Mm-hmm. If it means that I have to lose the heart of God, mm-hmm. um, that's how that is the priority that David gives, and that's why God honored him so much. He said, "I'm seeking a man who's after my own heart." Mm-hmm. And that that even is brought brings us back to knowing God knows he knows the inward being and he sees just like when he was in David being in in front of Michael she doesn't she doesn't see the inward being or Mm. she's she just looked at the outward appearance and um and like rebuked him for his even just response to the Lord and and who God is and just caring caring more, caring more about the heart of God and seeking the heart of God, um, is what helps us turn, turn away from caring about the, the voice of others or obeying, um, obeying people when Saul was afraid and he obeyed the voice of people that scripture doesn't leave us much of a choice between we're either obeying the voice of the Lord or, or obeying something, the voice of something else. Is it the voice of, of fear? Is it the voice of, of, um, that person in front of you? And I love, um, I love seeing even just the Lord's, just his faithfulness throughout this time, because we even know after, after David, Mm -hmm. there are many Kings that come that, uh, they just all fail. They just yeah. all, they just all fail in in so many ways, and they're doing what is evil inside of the Lord. But the Lord, He doesn't fail. His His plans don't fail. Amidst all of these kings that are are failing, and the Lord, He's made His covenant with David, and the Lord is committed to His people. Um, even amidst these kings that um, king after king after king, there's so many of them, and it would be some kind of challenge to be able to like memorize all of their names. There's so many of them, but they all are putting reputation above relationship. And that is at the root of, um, yeah, why they're turning against the Lord. But it's one of the bleakest times in Israel's history. I mean, it just seems awful. There's just all this destruction and sin and death. And we see the Lord, we see the Lord continue to be faithful, continue to send out his, his word and spirit and move in power, even in just bleakness and dryness and amidst his people just doing evil things in his sight. Um, the Lord doesn't turn his face away. Yeah. He, he's continuing to move in, in power, which is just a picture of yeah. the Lord's heart, even in that the Lord, he doesn't after David, put up walls around his heart and, and shut it off. But he, uh, we see the Lord move through Elijah mm-hmm. and Eli- Elijah and Elisha. Okay. I always have mm-hmm. a hard time of mm-hmm. Elijah and Elisha, um, their names, but, uh, we see the Lord, uh, th- they're both called men of God and the Lord sends them in one of the worst times in is- Israel's history. And we see such a picture of the heart of God mm-hmm. and the way that the Lord is moving through each one of them. And, um, I even love, I, th- I think it's in second Kings 
no, it's in first Kings where Elijah, he goes to the Lord and, um, it's, it's the scene when he's in the cave and he's telling the Lord, like your people have been rebelling against you. Israel has been committing sins. Lord, I'm jealous for your name. He says, Mm -hmm. I'm jealous for your name, Lord. And we just, we see through, um, starting with Elijah, he is a man after the heart of God. He is a man of God and he is jealous for the Lord's name in the midst of Israel turning away from the Lord. And we see God move in, um, move through his word and through his wonders in, um, in Elijah. Would you even take us there, Joey? What is that? What does that look like in Elijah's life? Yeah. I think something I, I would point out to even, even before we get to Elijah and like what causes that downfall, Mm -hmm. what causes Israel to go from this really victorious monarchy into a descent into like total destruction. Mm -hmm. And they're just, they're brought into captivity. And it begins in, in first Kings 11, where Solomon, it says in verse four, Solomon was, when, when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord as God, as was the heart of David, his father. Do you see that again and again, when the, the downfall begins, God is talking about the heart, the heart, Mm -hmm. the heart. Now, I think one of the uh, one of the reasons why there was this downfall, almost the the ability for this to go on for so long, is because it's almost like they presumed, like Saul, upon mm-hmm. like having Yahweh as mm-hmm. their national god, like. Mm-hmm. He's our God, like he's the God of Israel, but also we're going to lean on Egypt and Syria to help us in this war. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we have the God of Israel, but also we, we can, we can listen and hear out the prophets of Baal. And there's, there's this part where like, no, God wants our heart to be fully after his heart yeah, and to get all of our heart after his whole heart and not mm-hmm. to turn after any other gods. And I think there's a way within Christianity today where we can do the same thing in a lot of ways. Like we can presume Mm -hmm. upon I'm a Christian. I'm in kind of a Mm -hmm. Christian culture. I'm in a church. Uh, I come from a Christian family and out of that presumption, just, all right. uh, Oh yeah. I can offer this unlawful sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I can go after these other gods. I can take Christianity Mm -hmm. and I can also like weave in these other philosophies. Like why not mix in Buddhism? Why not mix in a little bit of that and that and that with my Christianity? Mm -hmm. Why don't I mix in a little bit of psychology and bring it in and not bring psychology under the word of God, but actually have them pretty much as equal authorities in my Mm -hmm. life. I can take this God and this God. And when you start to do that, your heart is being fragmented. And when your mm-hmm. heart is fragmented and I, I want God and Baal, I want Jesus and psychology together mm-hmm. as equal authorities. You're not after God's whole heart. Mm-hmm. And also being after God's whole heart means receiving the God of Egypt or the God of Israel who led them out of Egypt mm-hmm. and the God of Sinai who gave his law to the people. It's both receiving the wonders and the word of God. And I think, uh, something I, I, I would think about like for, um, marriage, uh, is the best example I can think about. But if I told Kelly, like, uh, when we first got married and, uh, we were entering into the covenant, Hey, you know, I really love this about your heart, but there's an aspect of your heart that I'm just not as into. And so if you wouldn't mind, like in order for us to grow 
at, in our marriage, if you could just like leave that out, mm -hmm. if you could maybe just leave that part of your heart out, put that on the shelf. Like when it comes to our marriage, I, I want this part of your heart, but I don't want this part mm -hmm. of, of the heart. What I obviously that would never work. That doesn't work in friendship. That doesn't work in marriage or whatever. And the reason is because if you don't have, if you don't, if you're not after someone's whole heart, you're really after none of it. Mm, yeah. You can't be after half of someone's heart. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to being after God's heart, this was what Mark David, he both obeyed and submitted to God's word. And then when he didn't, he was brought under conviction and repented like Psalm 51. Mm -hmm. um, and he was also after the wonders of God. He believed God can still speak to, to me today. Okay, God, should I go up? Okay, should I go to war? Is this person going to hand us over? He mm -hmm. expected God to speak and he expected God to overcome mm -hmm. in battle. There was a, there was a full a full pursuit of God's full heart. And so if you're mm -hmm. listening to this, where are you maybe cutting, trying to like cut out parts of God's heart mm -hmm. that you're not going to, oh, I want this aspect of Jesus, but not this aspect. And what you so um, helpfully brought up, Cassidy, is one of the ways we see God's heart most is yes, in Elijah and Elisha, because it's these two prophets and they come in the midst of a time where there's been a forgetfulness of God's word, rampant disobedience. Mm -hmm. And there's also been a forgetfulness of God's wonders. Mm -hmm. Like if you forget that God is the God who spoke from Sinai and there was like fire and trembling before the mountain so that they didn't even want to like hear the voice that was being spoken from the mountain. If you forget that's that God, mm -hmm. then you, you're like, oh yeah, we can, we can go to that army. We can go after that God. So they had forgotten his word mm -hmm. and his wonders and his might. Yeah. And who, how does God manifest himself through two prophets? Mm -hmm. They come and they speak God's word to Ahab um, and to these wicked Kings afterward. But it's not just, they don't just manifest God's word. What do we see in Elijah and Elisha? one after another, miracle after miracle mm -hmm. after miracle after miracle. Through Elijah and Elisha, God is, is showing, guys, I'm still I'm still the God who manifests himself in word mm -hmm. and in wonders. I'm still the God who can send fire down from heaven, even if there's a watery trench of your own disobedience, your sinfulness, and of your apathy, I can still send down fire and eat it all up and and you know set this sacrifice on fire. I can do anything. I am the God still mm -hmm. who led you out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, God... Through Elijah and Elisha, that's what he's showing. He's saying, I am I am the charismatic God. I'm the God who still speaks and shows who mm -hmm, I am. Mm -hmm. And even in in their lives, like we as we're reading it, I, I was talking to a friend who was reading through Second Kings mm -hmm. and she was like, I feel like I'm in the gospels. Like yeah, as yeah. she was reading and it and it just shows us God's heart. It's who God is and his very heart has not changed since the beginning. Yes. God, who he is now is who he's always been. God has always been since the beginning in the garden when he's walking with Adam and Eve mm -hmm. and he comes and he draws near to them after the fall. He, yeah. he calls out to them, where are you? He's drawing near after they turned their faces, after they hid themselves and we see it in the lives of Elijah and in Elijah, this is always who God has been. He's always been one who works in, in word and, and wonders. And, and I think even in, in the story of, um, of a lot, uh, a story in here of Elijah healing a woman's son, we see the heart of God in that it's a woman who, um, the Shunanite woman, hopefully I'm saying that right, but her, her son, um, it says he died. He died. It, the, there's no life in him. Mm -hmm. He dies. And it says that this woman, she sets out to the man of God talking about Elijah and 
Um, when the man of God saw her coming, he said to his servant, look, there's this woman run and meet her. And, um, she's coming and she's telling Elijah that her, her son has died. And Elijah's servant, uh, um, he, he tries to pull the woman away. He tries to push her away. Um, but the man of God said, leave her alone for she is in bitter distress. Mm-hmm. And even in Elijah, Elijah saying that I just hear the mercy of God, just mm-hmm. speaking through him of this woman is in bitter distress. Her son is dead. And is this not what Jesus, mm-hmm. is this not what Jesus does? Like even in, in the gospels when blind Bartimaeus is crying out and the crowds try to silence him. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. Like Elijah, the, his servant is trying mm-hmm. to pull this woman away. And, and he tells her to le- like, leave her alone because mm-hmm. he is, he is after the heart of God. He knows the desires of God's mm-hmm. heart are just, God is full of mercy for this woman and her son. And I just read this and, and I just see God's heart all mm-hmm. over. And, and Elijah, he goes and, um, and he goes into the room, he prays to the Lord and he, um, through God's power, through the word of the Lord, um, and through the power of God, he, he heals this child. This child was dead and came to life. Um, and, the flesh it says the flesh of the child became warm when just a couple paragraphs earlier it says he was dead and is this not the heart of the lord um that is full of love Mm -hmm. and compassion and mercy and this is who god has always been and who he always will be yes we can trust the heart of the Lord. Um, there is safety in the heart yeah. of the Lord, and God has given us His whole heart, and and we can wholly give ourselves to the Lord. I love what you're saying, Joey. That we either seek after the Lord's heart, or we don't. We can't have part of it, and we can't give part of our heart to the Lord. Yeah. We either wholly give ourselves to Him, yeah. um, or we cut ourselves off um, from the Lord. But and this is this is all throughout the life of, yeah. of Elijah and Elijah, Elijah and Elijah, the Lord, um, the Lord displaying his very heart to, to his people in, in word and wonders. And he yeah. continues to heal. He continues to feed. Um, he loves his people and yeah. he draws near. Mm. Yeah. I think that picture of that, that story is a good, uh, good place to wrap up. Cause it's a, it's a scene where, uh, it's a scene where there's this dead, like dead child. And I think it's Elisha, right? In, in the story mm-hmm. and Elisha, I mean, it's kind of a little bit uncomfortable to read. <laughs> like he, he lays on top of the child, like face to face, mouth to mouth, mm-hmm. and then breathes life into this child. And, uh, it, it could be an uncomfortable scene, but there's, uh, I think there's some really, there's a deliberate reason why Eli- the Lord leads Elisha to heal in this way. It's going back to Genesis two. It's going mm-hmm. back to God coming face to face with Adam and breathing, mm-hmm. like breathing the Ruach, the, the spirit mm-hmm. into Adam to give him life. And again, this is in the, one of the bleakest periods in Israel's mm-hmm. history outside of the judges. The judges probably wins the day on bleakest. This is mm-hmm. maybe number two. Um, and it's, it's a time where there's just no life, there's no obedience to God's word, and there's no expectation of wonders. And mm-hmm. in the middle of this, there's a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And uh, James 5, uh, we can, uh, of course, like thinking of Elijah and Elisha, we have to go here, where he says, 
Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, yet he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. And then he says right before that, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it mm-hmm. is working. And the encouragement from all this is that like in the middle today, if you're looking around brother, sister, and you, you see a period kind of like uh, the one that Elijah and Elisha were in where those who had the heart of David mm-hmm. being after God's word and his wonders, it's just fallen away and you don't see it around mm-hmm. you. God can, in the middle of that, the driest period, he can come face to face, heart to heart, whole heart to whole heart with mm-hmm. just one and breathe life into you. Mm-hmm. And then out of breathing life into you, out of bringing that resurrection, like God can move through one mm-hmm. to shift a generation, to shift an environment, to shift a culture. So my encouragement to you is like, God can God can come still today, like heart to heart with you and give you his whole mm-hmm. heart. He can sh- speak to you and show you his mm-hmm. wonders still today. I think as a next step, I, some that came to mind as we were talking, Cassidy, and I'd, I'd also be curious for you to go into any next thoughts you have for those listening. But I think uh, the the challenge I would give for those listening when you're talking about like, are you actually after the heart of the charismatic God? Are you after his heart, both in obedience to his word and expectation of his wonders over reputation, over what just having the appearance mm-hmm. of godliness but denying its power. Uh, like, I think that's first uh, Timothy three, five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, or are you like actually after God's heart? I'd say just practice, practice dancing like David mm-hmm. in a way that makes you look foolish. Like actually put yourself in situations and maybe ask the Holy spirit to put you, you in situations where he's calling you to do something that's after his heart that requires you to, lose some of your reputation. Mm-hmm. A really practical example that came to mind while we were recording, so I'm just going to assume this is the example the Lord wants me to give, is a couple of years ago, I noticed that like, I would, I'd be meeting with somebody over coffee or lunch and praying for them, and I just noticed, my, I'm ashamed to say this, but I noticed that like, as I prayed, there was this temptation to specifically like say the name Jesus just a little bit softer if like somebody walked in mm. like the coffee shop or someone like sat right next to us or um, something like that. It, and I think it was from my flesh, from the enemy. But I was just thinking about where Jesus is like, whoever denies me before man, I'm going to deny before the angels. Like whoever confesses me, I'm going to confess before mm. the angels. And the Lord just brought this conviction in my heart of like, no, you just need, you need to own, own that you are after my heart before people who love you and before people who don't. And even in the most subtle ways, like do not even soften like the name of Jesus when you're talking about him. And so what I just, the Lord, the spirit just led me to do is like, no, I'm going to, if if somebody's next to me, if I'm at a Starbucks, if I'm at a restaurant, if I'm in the middle of the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. place and I know there's people who are hostile to Jesus around me, if I'm praying or I'm talking about Jesus, I'm going to say the name and I'm going to say it like with my heart. I'm going to say Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus. And I'm not going to soften it down mm-hmm. just because I, I'm concerned about how it might make me look. Like I want to, I want to look like something before God's mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Like David, it is before the Lord that I'm dancing. It's before, and just having that side of like, does God, 
God looking at me right now, does he see my whole heart is after his whole mm-hmm, heart? Mm-hmm. My encouragement to you is just ask God to put you in situations like that. Be sensitive to the spirit on places where you might be putting reputation over relationship when it mm-hmm, comes to God. Mm-hmm. Any last words of encouragement to those listening? My last encouragement would be you, you can know the heart of God oh, yeah. and you can know the heart of God and experience the heart of God because you've been given a helper mm-hmm. who knows the heart of God, who knows all of it and who loves the heart of God. You've been given the Holy Spirit and first uh, Corinthians two, the spirit searches everything, even the depths of mm-hmm. God for who knows a person's thoughts, except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. You can understand, know, and experience the very heart of God for you. And so ask, ask the spirit ask the spirit search the the depths of god's heart for me search me oh spirit help me search me um so take heart you've been given you've been given the spirit who searches the depths of god that is our last encouragement and that's all we have for this episode um we'll see you next time